PulpMX Network production. EVS Sports brings you a cheeky Brit and an American YouTube racing sensation weekly on the LVK More Than Moto podcast. Here's your hosts, Lewis Phillips and Kellen Brower. Yeah, welcome everybody to the episode number one of the LVK More Than Moto podcast. I'm Kellen Brower from RacerX. Over there is Lewis Phillips from Vital MX. Lewis, welcome to our show. We have a show together now. I don't know why you're acting like this is brand new information. <sighs> yes, I'm aware. I'm aware. Uh, this is actually kind of episode two, then I guess, or episode one point five. One point five. One point five. We did record an episode earlier, and there was a little bit of audio problems, so we are having to redo it. But I think the topics that we talked about already today can be rehashed. I feel like we have a lot of interesting takes and topics about these different things that we're going to discuss today. Well, first of all. The issues were your mistake and your error. Yes. And obviously, either of us could have hosted this podcast. Mm-hmm. You took Wait, the, would you like to take over hosting duty then? You took over the reins and look where we ended up. I know. I've let us down a terrible path. And now I'm here at 1am, oh, working the graveyard shift. It's brutally late. I had plans tonight. Me and Chase, we were going to paint the town red. <laughs> And I'm here instead, because you can't get a handle on your equipment. Oh, man. All right. Well, before we get into Anaheim 1 and rehashing all that, we want to thank the two sponsors that are on board with us. Uh, of course, this show is brought to you by EVS Sports. It is our main sponsor here, EVS Sports. Over the past 39 years, EVS Sports has established themselves as the leaders in innovation and technology when it comes to designing protection gear for today's motocross riders. Athletes like RJ Hampshire, Kyle Chisholm, Freddie Noren, Axel Hodges, and Travis Pastrana all wear EVS when they race, ride, or whatever Travis decides to do that day. Check out evs-sports.com to gear up like the pros and use the code LVK30, that's LVK30, to save on anything from knee protection to shoulder braces. I also want to thank Nomura for presenting this show, the leading power, uh, provider of engine components for motocross, ATV, UTV, and personal watercraft for over two decades. Nomura has been a preferred choice for premium and dependable engine components for more than 20 years. Whether you're restoring your vintage bike, rebuilding your four-wheeler, or upgrading your new 450 race motor, Nomura has you covered. Our extensive line of cast and forged pistons, connecting rods, gasket kits, engine valves, and soon cylinder kits that enhance your engine's performance. Keep an eye out for our new innovative products in 2024 and beyond. Stay up to date by following us on Instagram at Nomura underscore technologies. Thank you guys for supporting this show. Well, Lewis, Anaheim won in the books. We'll get into some topics there. Uh, But first, what did you think? Anaheim won kind of cool to start the season, I guess, inside of Angel Stadium and really get this thing going for 2024. Not to be um, controversial Hmm. right off the bat. I thought it was meh. Meh. I mean, okay. it wasn't. Did it deliver anything surprising? I don't think so. Like, before... So this is now 1am, as I mentioned. And um, I was listening to the Pulp Show earlier tonight. And Steve asked Daniel Blair, uh, what was his biggest good surprise and bad surprise? And I was thinking to myself, there weren't many. Like, I really feel like we've not started the season. Because... There's nothing that really came from Anaheim 1. We knew Jet would be good. We like Okay, Webb was a surprise. Plessinger was a surprise. Um, Eli Tomac, ninth. Not a surprise. Hunter Lawrence not making the main. Not a surprise. But like, that's not a normal thing. So, eh, we'll see. We'll, but that, that, that would constitute a surprise if it's not normal. I expect higher, and I go into okay. San Francisco with strong expectations. Okay. But it's fine, because um, 
we have some topics to debate here. We do. We'll get into those topics uh, in just a second. Before we do, funny story. You came over here oh, earlier today, oh. and you walked by a room in my house, yep. and I turned in and I said the words, Hey, Mitch, Lewis is here, and turned and kept walking, and I figured at some point you may peek your head in as well and see RacerX's online content editor, yep. Mitch Kendra, sitting right there in my other bedroom. Yep. And instead, you turned and didn't say anything. And and what did you think I said? And, and now you know why I was incredibly rude. It was because I thought you said, hey, bitch, <laughs> Lewis is here. And I thought to myself, okay, I'm suddenly uncomfortable. I don't know who bitch is. Did you think I was talking to my dog? No, I just thought, I, had dogs. I, I thought that there was a cousin or, you know, <laughs> maybe their name is Bitcherton and you nicknamed it or Bitchmus. Or, that is you know. the most like British sounding... You could make the word the the bitch word. Okay, ever. bitcher. Your your long lost cousin bitcher. <laughs> you nicknamed it, and I was like, you know what? I don't know bitcher. I'm sure your cousin's lovely, but I don't know bitcher. Yeah. I don't know why Kellen has just told bitcher that I'm here because bitcher doesn't know me. <laughs> so I was like, I'm just gonna leave it. Okay. And then I came here for a second time, and you repeated again, "Hey, bitch, Lewis is here." <laughs> Said Mitch. And I was like, what is going on? And then I came in the gaming area studio. Yep. Whatever you want to call it. Um sat down and to my surprise mitch kendra walked through the door <laughs> and it made sense and genuinely um before i saw mitch kendra with my very own eyes i had no idea and it didn't cross my mind that he would be here yep here he is here he is sitting off in the corner he's listening to us and he's laughing inherently at the story at the fact that you did you somehow think i would just turn and say hey bitch someone's here well but you know if there's one thing that should be born from this podcast it's the fact that mitch now has a nickname Mm, no, we're not giving him that nickname. Okay. That's, that's just rude. Um, can I have a? Can I start an unofficial debate? An unofficial debate. Is this one, one of our list. topics? Is this one of our topics? No, but okay. just a pre-debate. Okay, go ahead. So it's quite cool that Steve has asked both of us to do a podcast on his network. Absolutely. The reason that he asked us to do this is a, he respects what we do and thinks that we're paving a way in the industry, <laughs> or b. There's no one else to really ask. Because let's be honest, there aren't exactly many media people coming through. We are pretty through. bottom of the barrel, aren't we? So is it A or B? I think it's both. Okay, I think it's I think mainly it, B. I think it could be both, though. I'm, or, I, I'm willing us to be in that upper echelon of journalists that he would consider asking to do. Or the lesser option, C, he opened his phone book and went to the most recent conversation and settled on that. It could be that. But he started a group chat with us, so like no, I've... but it was a pre-existing group chat, so was maybe it? yeah, I don't think so. That group chat's been going for over a year, ha- has it? You think? Oh, Kellen, you are a, you're calling. What were we talking about before? In that you group are chat, calling but... Mitch bitch. No, you I'm are, not. No, you you're are calling. Him. You are ignoring the fact that Steve and I have a group chat with you and have had for years where we've had plenty of enjoyable conversations that I hold dear have. to my heart. Hmm. Like what? Can you name examples? I'd imagine we've talked about Jeffrey for mm, sure. Probably, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Okay. Now I'm you're refreshing <laughs> my memory a little bit here. Yes, absolutely. Rude. Wow. Ten minutes in, and I'm um, desperate to get out of here because I don't want to be near such a horrible person. <laughs> okay. Oh man. All right. Well, the format of this show is that we're going to go through just topics. We're not going to hit on all the points from Anaheim One and do all this. And it's also more than moto. We're going to hit on topics that have nothing to do with Anaheim One and nothing to do with motocross. So um, we're going to go through these. We have a time limit set. So once we get to the end of the time limit, we're done. Yep, we're not no going to keep debating. We're going to 
move on, agree to disagree, because we're not going to agree on a lot of things in this podcast, as I assume throughout the many episodes that we're going to do this year. Even this first episode, we probably won't agree with a lot of things. But once the time hits, we're done. Well, we've already disagreed on point one, and that's that you are a bit of a dick. Oh, yeah, I, I would say I'm a nice person. Well, not I from think what you're I've a seen. nice person, but I think you don't think I'm a nice person already. So, well, you make we me feel bad for saying that I'm a nice person, but I take that on board and thank you for that compliment. Okay, well, let's let's steer the ship in the right direction. Not that not so that the sex and ship. <sighs> yeah, let's that's trademarked. The, the yacht in the. So right So now you're direction. trying to steal my. No, 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 no. I'm okay. I'm, I changed the, ver- the verbiage here. We're going to steer the yacht oh. in the right <laughs> oh, direction here. That was talked about in the group chat. <laughs> Absolutely yes, and we're going to talk about hey. Jorge Prado, world motocross champion, raced Supercross. A pretty kind of cool story, I guess, coming in Anaheim 1 in the first place, that this was even a thought, a topic. He came, he come over here, he rides Supercross, uh, was going to just test it out and see if maybe this is an option for 2025. Ends up racing now what will be the first three rounds. But uh, yeah, Anaheim 1 ends up 13th. What do you think? Well, first of all, let's uh, turn back the clock to Friday. I had high hopes. I let myself start to believe that, and I'll say it, don't laugh at me, around fifth place. Okay. Because I got texts from people who I very much trust and have never steered me wrong saying Prado is flying and going to surprise people. And I had off-record conversations with Prado where confidence wasn't an issue, let's yeah. say. Yeah. So I let myself buy into the hype. And therefore, I'm now slightly as I chin the mic through aggression, um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm now slightly underwhelmed by a 13th place, but I need to put my head on straight, screw it, and uh, accept that it was perfectly fine. Yeah. I don't think you can call it more than fine, because it was a 13th at the end of the day. I think a 15th would have been a disaster, so we're right on that fine borderline. Mm -hmm. But it was okay, bless him. Our little, <laughs> our little Spaniard. Yes, our little Spaniard. Um, your thought of him getting top five after qualifying, did you think it was still possible? He was in the B group. He ends up ninth overall, so that he got better as the day went on. The time was faster in the second session for him. Did you still think after qualifying, yeah, top five is on the table? No, but I thought that still a seventh or an eighth would be. Okay. Because um, qualifying was good. And uh, now digging more into the reports that I got from the test track... It turns out he is very capable on a prepped-ish Supercross track. Mm-hmm. It was the, where the track broke down that became an issue, right. um, as he said himself. I can't remember if this was on record or off record, but he told me that he was going over the finish jump in the main event, looking down to his right, left, right, right. Is he looking at the scoreboard? Or He's what? looking at the whoops. To his right, yeah. His right. He was so in the air he would look down to his right and try to see how Chase because he said the way it worked out, Chase was hitting the whoops as okay. he was in the air, trying to see how Chase was doing the whoops because he could not understand or make sense of it. Yeah. So he was racing and trying to figure out how to do this. Yeah. So maybe not the most uh not focused, maybe not the most well yeah, let's say not the most focused in the main event, really trying to understand <laughs> the situation. But that's good. I mean, he learns. And another thing is he's never ridden whoops that deteriorated to that level. Like you said, he's been test track grinding, which means that the whoops at most will get worn down by five, six guys at most. Won't get cupped out that way. So he learned a lot by having to ride whoops that got that cupped out. And another thing that I saw him do as well was he started jumping the whoops in the second qualifying session, which I think 
helped him learn how he could do it in the main event. It was going to be way different with how cupped out the whoops were, but I think he did a good job learning all day long. But did you not think watching him jump the whoops, I didn't think that he was that good at it. He had double, 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 but in the main when AC tripled past him in the whoops, yeah. I don't think all day I saw Prado have that in his back pocket. I think jumping whoops, he couldn't do the bigger lines. Yeah, but I think it was because they got cupped out. Because he was tripling through them when they were not as cupped in qualifying. But the second they got those those flat notches on them where you have to kind of like stair-step it and to triple, yes. that's where he was lost. And I think that's why he was going so slow in the second half of the main event. He's it, getting tired too, probably a little bit. Yeah, because he told me off record as well, which is now on record, you're welcome, <laughs> um, that when he got lapped by Jet, which was hard for him to say, he was surprised how slow Jet was going through the whoops because Prado thought that he had to attack them every lap and couldn't figure out why attacking these notched-out whoops wasn't working. And then when he finally saw Jet up close, he was like, oh, I need to slow down to go faster. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, And I can understand that. You could also see watching Prado that he was, from the moment that practice started, he was almost racing a different track. His lines were unique, even in the flat corners. Yeah. Um, hugging a lot of insides, not using... Whereas the rest of the riders hit a track and have muscle memory and just automatically default to these lines, you could see that Prado didn't have that. I would liken it, I guess, to sending Jason Anderson to Lommel for the GP. You would see all of the MXGP riders default to the same lines, and you would most likely see Anderson doing these random lines yeah. that look confusing. Yeah. Well, like I said, I think this is a massive learning experience. How much do you think this experience helps him make a decision already. Like, do you think that he's left Anaheim 1 thinking like, well, now I know for sure I can or cannot do this? Kill him. He's Look, coming in 2025. Okay, he's coming in 2025. But speculatively, if there is contracts for GPs on the table, does his performance at Anaheim 1 leave any doubt? Like, is he thinking now like, oh, this is maybe too much? I know him well, obviously. The So from what I know about him and the body language and vibe I got after the race, I think there was maybe a hint of a wow, but I still think it's fine. I think that he's mentally done with MXGP purely because he's done it all. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's from talking to him, that's the exact vibe I got from him. Is yeah, you're desperate like, to steal him from me. Well, because uh, who was out here actually interviewing him in the offseason? And who? And during that interview, did he not say, you should have brought Lewis with you? Not in the interview, but afterwards, yes. He, he did told say, you I that wish you should Lewis yep. to come with. So. Yep. But, you know, he also told me, yep. he also told me that he remembers watching me call MX Simulator races in 2015. No, he, he didn't. Did. He absolutely did. One thousand. you are. It's one a.m. and you are drunk. I am not delusional. Are we doing so. drug tests on this podcast? <laughs> no. Can you pee into this how, bottle? But, hey, how fun was it to have Mathis sitting between us as we just gawked over Prado all day long? That was fantastic. I mean, it and not? it was Prado who. I mean, I don't feel like either of us are necessarily Prado super fans. No. If it was GP Jeffrey, guys. on the other hand, yeah. <sighs> Gosh. They would have had to have got up and left if it was Jeffrey. Uh, no B practice for Prado. They would have had to start an A plus practice. <laughs> Are we are we still pissed off about Prado being in B? No. No? He'll be... Well, no. You've settled? I think it actually was the best for him. Yeah? Gave him some breathing space. He got a chance to watch A. I think that actually he needed it. I think. But the, he had a worse track. Yeah, but maybe he needed that as well. Do you think he qualifies better if he's in A? No, because I think he would have been overstimulated. Mm. 
I think there would have been a lot going on, a lot of riders faster than him trying to make passes, etc., etc., and he would have been too um, hyper-aware of what was going on around him. Yeah. All right. Well, look, we. Oh, wow. Our, that was perfect. That was perfect end timing right there. I know. Uh, great timing. No question about Impressive it. Impressive that you can time things even though you are drunk. <laughs> yeah. I cannot uh, figure out audio, but we can have our timing down on point. Um, all right. Let's get to a little bit more than Moto and get to a topic that I definitely disagree with you on. So this is going to be maybe our most uh, contentious discussion mm. at the moment. But, Lewis, your brother is here. Yep. Your, your fine brother. Does, does he have brother. a name? Does he have a name? No. No name. No name for Lewis's brother. It's mm-hmm. just Brother Phillips. Nondescript. Nondescript. And this is a blood relative, correct? Yes. Same mom, same dad. Yep. Okay. So he is here, and he is staying with you yes. for two weeks. Lucky him. Experiencing the California motocross scene. Yep. And for some reason, you're making him pay you for this? What do you mean, for some reason? This is ridiculous to me. He's your family. Okay, Kellen, you try and go to San Francisco this weekend and not pay for accommodation. Okay, but that's different because I'm paying for myself. Nope. Let me break it down for you. Okay, let's So let's he's here for two weeks and one day. Yep. Uh, he's attending Anaheim 1. He's attending San Francisco. He is a Moto fan. That's important to note. Um, and he's staying at my apartment. He's being charged $500 for the two weeks plus one day. That is the entry rate, and then an additional $200 for the air mattress. That's ridiculous. And the bedding, which you call a comforter here, which is ridiculous in itself. And also, your duvets, which is a comforter, yeah. you know that? Yeah. I'm, in England, yeah. we have duvets and then duvet covers. Yeah, well, here, we have that too. Yeah. No. I do. Well, why have I bought something that seems to be all-in-one? Yeah, so there are all-in-one options as well, yes. I was walking around Target, and we're off in the bushes now. I was walking around tar- Target... Saying, where are your duvets? Where are your duvets? And no one knew what I was talking about. I had to ring well, Max Anstey. Target's a terrible place for that. You have to go to like a, like a, I don't know, like a mattress setter or Bed Bath & Beyond. I had to ring Max Anstey and say, what do they call duv- duvets here? Because no one understands me. And that's when I found out comforters Comforters, exist. yes. It is a more common term. So anyway, my brother has a comforter. And that was part of the $200 what would you call that package? Supplies package. <laughs> Add-on fees. And let me tell you, Kellen. Service charge. I don't know. You've lived here all your life. Well, most of your life. All your life. Uh, most of my life. Most yeah. of your life. And let me tell you, hotels in Temecula for two weeks and one day. I looked because I'd used that to make the rate for my brother. Dude, no, come on. You use hotels as a rate finder yes. for your brother. You've got to justify these things. <laughs> um, so a, a, a respectable motel. We're not talking five star. Yeah. For the two weeks plus one day was roughly two thousand. $500. Okay. So therefore, I felt as though $500, a fraction of the price, was offering my brother a superb deal whilst also making sure that I was not being raped. <laughs> but, but he's your family. He is your family. Would you do the same for your mom and dad? They come out so, here and you would make your mom and dad pay so, to, to stay with you while they visit in the US. So if my brother murders me, and I, cho- and I choose to press charges, which will be difficult because I would be dead. But <laughs> bear with me. Um, and I choose to press charges. Would you be going, but he's your brother? And I'd be going, no, he murdered me. But this he's is, your brother. What are you talking about? You, this is, that's so different. Relevant. This is literally just him visiting. It's relevant. It's not relevant whatsoever. And so earlier today, you had mentioned, where is your brother staying? Because this is even more ridiculous. He's in the closet. He's in the closet. It's roomy. Is it an empty closet? No. 
So there's Lewis Phillips clothes and yep. socks. But and there's all a this Jeremy Sewer jersey in there. Oh, does he sleep in it? No, nope, there's oh. a Max Sansty jersey in there. Mm. Um, you don't get to rub shoulders with See, that material much it often. Would be, do it you? would be a little bit more tolerable if he could take one of those jerseys with him, like a Lawrence Brothers VIP package, but a Lewis Phillips VIP. We don't package. do goodie bags. And then he gets to leave with a Jeremy Sewer jersey. You know that'd be great. Honestly, so he's paying five hundred dollars as an entry fee. Okay, I originally. Went in at roughly $800. He got me down to $500 because oh. this was an intense negotiation. Um, he thought I was joking because from like October, I've said, I knew he was coming and I've said, you'll have to pay me. Turns out he thought I was joking until close to the fact. Um, and two weeks before he got here, I rung him to say I require payment before you arrive, oh. as would a hotel. God. Because you have to pay when you check into a hotel. And he said, oh, you're serious. And I said, deadly. Huge argument. I hung up on him. Um, and to- I told him not to come. Fuck off. Oh and God. hung up on him. Hung up on him and then immediately sent him a screenshot of the Temecula Hotels and said, enjoy paying 2500 for a Motel 6. But you're ridiculous. It's family. Uh, this is like so unfair. Like, you do, know, you not, do you not have any sort of like consideration for the fact that like this is just your brother? Yes. Like, He's blood relative yes. to you, and you want to help him experience things in life. Yes, I'm charging him a fraction of the price of a hotel. That, that is that, very considerate of me. I don't think that's considerate at all. I could charge him the hotel rate. So you go to the UK, and does your brother live alone? Because at my hotel, not at my hotel, at my apartment, <laughs> there is a TV, Wi-Fi. In the closet? Um, an Xbox, which you'll appreciate. Yeah, um, he has access to all these amenities. Whereas, which, as I told him, if he was in a hotel, he'd be sat in a hotel room with limited entertainment. I walk in and I see him using my lights, <laughs> using my TV. Oh my gosh! And I'm just like, what? yeah, you don't realize how lucky you are, young sir. Are you feeding this man? No. So he has to pay for his own groceries yes. and meals too. That was another argument because I rung him the day before he came and said, the first day you get here, you're going to need to go grocery shopping. And he said, You're ridiculous. Why? And I said, because what are you going to eat? And he said, well, have you got food for me to have breakfast? And I went, I've got food for me to have breakfast. You're going to need to go grocery shopping. This is or ridiculous. Starbucks. Um, and it's perfectly reasonable. You know what? I would imagine that Richard Branson was not appreciated when he was starting out. Probably made some business moves that were frowned upon. and With his own family? You think like he yeah. sh- shunned his own brother that's from just, how, like, staying how, with him in a nice um, flat somewhere? That's how us uh, billionaires come to be. Us billionaires, okay, yeah. We think differently. Mm. No, this is an outlandish take. It's a honestly makes me think much less of you as a person because this is what you choose to do with your own family. Well, Kellen, and I don't give a shit. <laughs> 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 to be honest with you, I'll sum it up with this. Life is like a box of chocolates. And I've just come up with that quote myself because I'm so profound. Life is like a box of chocolates, and a box of chocolates costs money. So to access life, you must have money to pay the entry fee. And that's what my brother's doing by paying for my apartment. And I'm introducing him to the way of the world. Because you know what? Handouts. What does a person learn from handouts? Nothing. I give him my apartment for free. He's on the streets in two weeks because I've altered his brain and he's lost perception of reality and he's going around expecting things for free. What I'm doing is I'm turning him into a fine young man who understands the parameters of life and is going to be ready to tackle the world. I mean, I'm introducing an important life lesson to him. 
This is terrible. This is this is honestly just not a cool move. Honestly, I'm pissed I'm not getting more money. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so ridiculous. I'm really angry that he got me down to $500. So again, if you went to the UK and you were going to stay with him, you would be fine with him charging you? Nope. Um, there was conversation before I left about whether I would ever go back. Yeah. I said that Matterly Basin, but yes. there's nations, I will be back for that. And I said, but if you want to see me at this house, I need to have free access and a bed. So this is a one-way street. You this is make a one-way him, street, Kellen, you, you are correct. You make him pay to stay with you, but when you go back, I, I, I can't even deal with this. Like, it's honestly jarring that this is how you choose to treat your own family when they come can I add a Can I add a final point? Okay, final point. Um, I offered him two packages, which is important because as a hotelier, <laughs> it's important to cater to our guests' needs. Not all of our guests want the same items. So I offered him the closet for $500, the budget option, if you will. And I also offered him my room, including my bed, my bedside table, not much else in there, for $1,000. And I would take the closet. So the fact that I was willing to go in the closet shows a real... Shows that I'm a 10 out of 10 human, to be honest. And I don't want to brag, but yes, it does show that I am a 10 out of 10 human. I think it shows you're a human. I don't know about... We'll, we'll debate on the 10 out of 10, but anyway... You're right, Kellen. You're right, Kellen. I'm an 11 out of 10 human. Lewis. Okay, Kellen, you pushed me to admit that I'm an 11 out of 10 human. We're at the end of this topic because I can't deal with this anymore. Um, let's get back into the moto side of well, it. Well, don't because, want to. Oh, no. Now no, you're, you're too upset. No, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. I'm okay. taking my box of chocolates yep. and I'm going home. Lewis is going home at 1 a.m., people. Um, let's get back to moto, though. Uh, you are upset at the moment because Jet Lawrence... The talk of 72 wins is on the table fully, and Jet Lawrence is not backing down himself. It is also something that he has openly talked about as well, and you don't feel that that's fair uh, to other competitors on the field with him. Why? Well, let me. my opening argument, dear judge, is Jet Lawrence has one more Supercross win than me, so should I talk about hitting 72 wins? Sure, go for it. Why not? Okay, I didn't expect that to go that way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, case closed. Um, No, my reasons for hating this are tenfold. Reason one, it's disrespectful to the riders around him. Because if I was not Anderson, so using the podium from the weekend, if I was Chase sat in a press conference and all of these questions are being fired at Jet about 72 wins and he is sat there openly saying... Yeah, it's a big goal, and hopefully I can do it, and this is my plan to do it. If I'm Chase, I'm sat there going, WTF. Hello, everyone. See me? (laughs) Should I use my powers of invisibility for good or evil? That's kind of what I'm thinking if I'm Chase. So it's disrespectful to the competition. It's disrespectful of the media who are asking... I don't know where this has come from in my hand. (laughs) What do you got in your hand? Um, Um... It's disrespectful of us as media, and not us, because I'm not stupid enough to say this or ask this question. You, on the other hand, are a loose loose cannon. Mm -hmm. Um, It's disrespectful for the media to put this to Jet without acknowledging the fact that Chase himself can hit 72 wins, which he can. And actually, I wish in a way that Chase had grabbed the mic in the microphone and gone, when Jet went, oh, 71 to go, I wish Chase had grabbed the microphone and gone, He's got seven wins. Seventy-two minus seven. He has to. No, no he's got seven. One in twenty twenty-two. 
six in one. Two. Honestly, okay. Kellen, right, yeah. I'm losing all faith in you as a moto journalist and person. But anyway, we we charge on despite that. Yeah, continue. Um, what is seventy two minus seven? Sixty five. If I'm, I wish Chase had grabbed the microphone. Not a mic <laughs> We should start that. No. More than moto equals math. <laughs> No. Squares. Um, um, if I'm Chase, I wish Chase had grabbed a microphone in the press conference and gone, ah, only 65 to go for me. <laughs> mm, yeah. It'd be I, w- fun. I would have liked that personality. Yeah, it would be good personality. It would have actually been very good. Yes. But in saying that, I enjoy personality. So maybe I, sh- I do enjoy the fact that Jet is willing to be outspoken and not go, oh, shucks. Dear golly gosh, I wish I could do that, but we'll see. Hi ho. Oh. Um. So yeah, I don't know, really. To me, I like it. I mean, mm. I like Jet doing this because I like the fact that he himself is willing to stir the pot. Because I think behind him, as you said, the other riders may feel a little disrespected about it. If you're Jet Lawrence, you know you've won everything. You just went twenty-two and zero outdoors. You won the SMX championship. You almost helped Australia win the Motocross of Nations. You're you're at the top of the world basically, and you just won your first 450 Supercross. Say whatever you want, dude. You're yeah, he on can, top of the he world. can say whatever he wants, but I just think that we, as a sport, okay, you've got to drum up the narrative, so it's important to do that part. But I just feel like run the run the number of Jet needs to do this to beat Jeremy. Chase needs to do this and. Okay, you can't really, I guess, do it with Tomac, but it's not really relevant because he's not going to be around that long. Um, who else is in a similar boat to Jet and Chase? Young Cooper, I guess. Where, Justin? Like, no, Webb. No, he's not going to be around that long. Okay. And he's only on 21 wins. Oh, but closer than Chase. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no, because we know he's not going to be around that long. Yeah, I so guess. We know, and theoretically, Chase could do it. He's going to be around that long. Yeah. As will Jet. Um, have we really not got another rider? Give me another young rider who's won a main well, event. The, they're behind him. Egan, those kids. Are oh, like, God, that's, no. Jets, that's Jets competition. No, the, no, no <laughs> Kellen. The last thing we need to do is start a Hayden Deegan is going to beat 72 Supercross the reason, wins. The reason that this is even a topic for Jet is because he is so young and already winning. And if you look back to like James, James Stewart, when he came up, it was the same thing. There was all this hype about what could James do because he's still a teenager and he's stepping into facing Ricky Carmichael and Chad Reed. And you know what? He probably can beat them and he probably will win races. And look at that. He did. And he won 50 Supercrosses. So I think everyone sees that with what James did and goes, well, Jet's doing all of that and more and winning races already. The sky's the limit. You know what, Kellen? You've taken taken an important step to being right here <laughs> and that's being completely wrong okay fantastic. Um, yep no because it, at no point in the stewart or roxon or tomac or villapoto um funny how i skipped the villapoto era yeah you, goes you along did. with weege's theory yeah. that that error is just forgotten for how good it was um at no point in any of those riders careers did i hear talk about them beating 72 wins all i heard was 72 wins is unobtainable. No, I, James era, there, there was talk, for sure. Especially with how many he, races he was winning after Ricky retired. It was just like 10 in a row, 9 in a row as he's battling Chad. Like He won a mm. lot of races in a very short time frame. And the, the trajectory, even if you look at the trajectory in terms of uh, race starts to race wins, James was on a pace higher than McGrath at a certain point. I don't feel like it was drummed up, though. 
I think it was. I, I, looking back, I think people were talking about it being a possibility. And I, that's why I'm saying it's okay for Jet because it's just talking about it being a possibility. No one's saying he's going to do it 100%. It's just the idea that it could happen. Okay, potentially maybe the reason that it wasn't talked about or publicly portrayed that way with James was because the TV broadcast was not a well-packaged overall show back Three then. Three hours, yeah. Yeah. There wasn't um, mid-race interviews, uh, box-in-box, etc. So maybe that's why it's just the information age, and we are seeing more, hearing more. Maybe that's why. But I just feel as though it's disrespectful to the competitors. And also, you're doing the sport a disservice, because effectively what you're saying to new viewers, I'm... Your cousin Bitcher. What did I say? (laughs) You came up with like 14 names and none of them... I'm your cousin Bitcherton. And I'm here... (laughs) And I'm here visiting Kellen. Yep. And his family and his gaming area. Um, Hello, Kellen. I'm Bitcherton. Oh, this dirt bike thing. Uh, I'll give that a go, Kellen, seeing as you love it so dearly. I'm Bitcherton. I sit down to watch the TV. The TV comes on. The main event's about to start. Oh, all we're doing is talking about this young kid who's about to race his first race. Can you stop interrupting me with that stupid noise? (laughs) (laughs) Um... See? Look what you've done. You've lost your train I'm sa- of thought. I'm sitting down to watch the main, blah, 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 my first main ever. All they're doing is talking about this young rookie who hasn't raced yet and how he's going to beat the all-time record. Well, Kellen, this sport of yours must be shit because clearly this guy's going to win. There's no need for me to watch. It's clearly uncompetitive. Otherwise, why else are we talking about this guy who's going to win it all? If it was competitive, the narrative would be... It's going to be very hard for Jet to do that because of all of the competitors. So we are doing the sport a disservice, and more importantly, poor Bitcherton is probably going to be turned off to Monster Energy Supercross, a part of the Super Motocross World Championship. I feel like your your uh, whole topic of this jumped. I thought you were pissed off at Jet talking about it. I no, I don't know were... what I'm pissed off about. Well, I'm just irate. Say what you want, Jet Lawrence. Go for it. Yeah, Jet can say what he wants. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm on for because I feel, again, like you said, it disrespects the other competitors. I like that. I like them having a chip on their shoulder, if you're Cooper Webb, to go out there and have a reason beyond just monetary value to beat Jet Lawrence. Make this competitive okay. in a certain sense okay. because you're talking your talk. Okay, we've, we've run into yes. overtime here, but to sum it up, Jet can say it. We as a sport need to do a better job of conveying the fact of Jet is saying this and how cool would it be if he does it, but... It's going to be hard for these reasons. Sure, yeah. Instead of there going, gol- but, yeah. instead of going, golly gosh, yeah, Jet's going to do it. <laughs> well, well, we'll see. Maybe he wins thirteen races this year. I'm not enjoying this podcast. Just FYI. Oh man, Louis, so grumpy yep. all the time. It's what I am. You're you're a very uh, blunt Brit, is what they call oh. you. Yeah, you know. Me and Bitcherton are going to start our own podcast. <laughs> oh man, um, want to give a shout out again to EVS Sports. Over the past thirty nine years, EVS Sports has established themselves as the leaders in innovation and technology when it comes to designing protection gear for today's motocross riders. Athletes like RJ Hampshire, Kyle Chisholm, Freddie Norton, Axel Hodges, and Travis Pastrana all wear EVS when they race, ride, or whatever Travis decides to do that day. Check out evs-sports.com to gear up like the pros and use the code LVK thirty LVK three zero to save on anything from knee protection to shoulder braces. All right, let's talk about disrespect because it was a topic with the Jet Lawrence situation. You are not thrilled about the disrespect that Chase Sexton is getting as reigning Supercross champion. Um, why? Like, what, what, what more respect does he need, in your opinion, 
to be able to get the respect that he has needed as a champ. Okay, I'll take to the stand again. Yeah, I get feel up like there I'm and, and, and shout from the rooftops. Doing a lot of um, court work today. Um, the feces is this. Feces or theses? You just said the same word twice. No, I said, you said, it sounded like you said feces, and I asked, did you say thesis? Like thesis. Okay. Thesis. The thesis okay, go, is this. Go ahead. <laughs> Not feces. No. What the industry is trying to do is chuck feces at Chase. <laughs> okay. So because of that, my thesis is this, if you followed that. It is very, and I've said this on Pulp, I've said this on Vital MX, I've said this on Forbes, I've said this on ESPN, I've said this everywhere. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, it is trendy to shit on Chase. I don't know why, it's completely wrong. I have no, I've really tried to understand where this comes from, but to be part of the cool club in this sport, you need to pick holes in Chase's career and how he does things. I don't know why. And therefore, it is the cool thing to do to basically say that Chase doesn't deserve his title, blah, blah, blah. And I challenge you, Kellen, with this. In free practice at Anaheim 1, was the tone... The tone towards Chase and his Red Bull KTM debut was not Mm open-minded. It was, let's all watch and pick holes in where he's struggling. It wasn't, let's open our minds and see how awesome Chase is on a KTM. Now, admittedly, free practice was not awesome. Qualifying one was better. Qualifying two was normal chase. He ended uh, uh, a tenth off jet. He was the fastest in uh, three of the five sectors, mm-hmm. including the whoops. Yeah. Um, a big um, debate with KTM. Also, sidebar, it's trendy to shit on KTM. It is. Sidebar. It is, yeah. So, together, but, but this there's is... there's a whole backstory yeah, with that. Together, this is just a perfect storm. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I just feel like... I feel like everyone was excited to pick holes in Chase on the KTM. Yeah. What also confuses me, actually, before I get onto that, you go. Well, what I don't get about the Chase slander is that if for, for some reason, I feel like people act as if Chase doesn't acknowledge that he makes mistakes. Like, he obviously crashes, it happens, but they act as if like Chase is always coming up with an excuse why he crashes. That's not it at all. I feel like Chase is very quick to point out, I made a mistake, I talked the front, Body positioning was wrong. It caught me weird. Whatever. Like, I don't feel like he's the one that sits there and goes, woe is me. The bike sucks. That's why I got to switch. I got to go to Red Bull KTM because it is the bike specifically. I don't feel like that was any of the narrative with him leaving Honda. It was, you know, he just needed a fresh start, a new place, all this stuff like that. So I don't get the slander about, like, why Chase is... It, like he's almost self-deprecating in a, in a sense that he blames himself for all of his crashes. And I like people act like he doesn't. I don't get it. Yeah. This also confuses me because I feel as though Chase's approach to the media should make him the most popular rider in yeah. the sport because he stands. And if he's the problem, he'll tell us he's a problem. Yes. If the bike's a problem, he'll tell us it's a bike. If it's another factor, he'll tell us. For instance, uh, press day, I interviewed him on Vitamix, and he was very open, immediate. I didn't even have to really push him on the fact that there's been rumours about him struggling. He immediately just started gushing with, uh, yep, it was a disaster in the middle of December. Um, He said, 
I, as in him, not me, um, <laughs> he said I went in the wrong direction with testing, so it was probably a bit on me. I like went down a rabbit hole. It was a disaster for a while, but we brought it back around. I'm not 100% now, but I'm definitely getting there, and I'm much happier than I was. Like, very, very open to the point where I was stood there going, I hope this doesn't get him in trouble with KTM. Yeah. That's what we crave from these riders. Right. But for some reason, the fans, yeah, I'm talking to you, <laughs> hear this, and their mind defaults to, oh, Chase is moaning, oh, why is he saying these things? Whereas I feel like if Jet stood there and said exactly what Chase said, word for word, the response would be, oh my god, it's so good to have this honest guy here, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know what it is, I really can't understand, because part of the reason I like Chase as a person is I get vibes of Jeffrey, or dare I say it, Jeremy Sewer, in the fact that when I talk to those guys, they are very open and will happily tell me how terrible they rode. Yeah. And I get the same from Chase, and I enjoy that. Because is that not, Kellen, I challenge you, is that not what we, as fans of the sport, want from every single rider? Yeah, honesty. Exactly. Like, actually speak your mind about something instead of just tiptoe around the bike or the problem or whatever it is. Like, say what's really on your mind. And I feel like Chase is really good at that. Like, if he has some problem or something that he wants to say, he'll get it out there. Like, he is not shy about letting people know something that's going on, in and, my opinion. And so, to return from the, to, the, to the original uh, thesis, which was Chase is going to be the most, is trending towards being the most disrespected champion mm-hmm. ever... That obviously comes from the fact that Tomac was well on his way, suffered a crushing blow. But up until that point, Chase had proven he was faster than Tomac. I would argue that he proved that he was the best all-round rider in last year's Supercross Championship. He led laps in 12 of the 17 rounds, which screams dominance. That doesn't scream a rider who backed into the title. If, If Chase had not won a main event up until Denver, okay. Yeah, yeah. But that wasn't the case at all. If anything, Chase should have been leading the championship, and it was Tomac who kind of backed into the title. But for some reason, we are struggling to accept this as a sport. Yeah, I mean, Chase crashed away so many opportunities to gain points last year. and but, But you're right. That's why people do it. It's because he was not leading the championship, he was behind Webb, too, who also went out with an injury. So he came from third to win based on what people perceive to be winning off of two injuries. And that's why there's disrespect of him as a champion. Like, if you look at the Mount Rushmore of disrespected champions, you got Chase, Jason Anderson, five years ago. They don't even announce his name as a former champion in opening ceremonies. And then Chad Reed, everyone would say asterisks because Ricky, asterisks because James being hurt. And then you go back to Emig, and it's oh, McGrath got off to Honda. And wasn't gelling with the Suzuki at all, so Emig wins the title. It's they all come up with the excuses of this is why he won the title. That's why we don't like him. I don't get it, but that's what they do. Can I get a time check? It's fourteen seconds, so you better. Oh hurry. boy. Okay. So what I've learned since being in America is everyone or a majority of the fan base seems to take everything extremely literally. Um I tweeted at the weekend that this is potentially the best Cooper Webb that we've ever seen at Anaheim One. And all I got was people replying with his results from previous Anaheim ones. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I know that Cooper Webb was on the podium at Anaheim one last year. You don't need to tell me that. I'm looking beyond the literal result 
at the riding and try to understand it from that point of view. But everyone wants to just cling to what they want from us as media is Jet Lawrence was the best rider at Anaheim 1 because he won. Jason Anderson was the second best rider at Anaheim 1 because he was second. We'll see you next week. Thanks yeah. for following along with our coverage. Yeah. That's the mindset. Agreed? I think so. Sometimes, right. yeah. So why, though, is it twisted with Chase, who was the literal champion, but we're refusing to accept that? And in that case, we want to look beyond the result. Yeah. Only explanation, it's trendy to shit on Chase. Uh, yeah. I, I, I would agree with that. The, I think it's confounding why people dig into him so hard. The lawyer, me, what would, what would my, my name be? You're the judge. What would my name be? The plaintiff? I don't know. I rest my case, dear lawyer. Uh, okay. No, dear judge, sir. The defendant? Defend. I rest my case in the case of my client. In defense of my client, <laughs> we're, good, we're off track now. In again. defense of my client, dear judge, I rest my case. Okay, you rest your case. Um, you've done a lot of yelling so far in this podcast. I think it's time for me to get heated about something. Okay, because, good because I need a rest. Yeah, th- this was a topic that <clears throat> Saturday night inside of Angel Stadium, we're watching it happen in the 250 main event, and I was not pleased. I was not pleased one bit. Uh, Lux Turner crashes with about four minutes left to go in the 250 main event. Uh, he's on the right side of the rhythm section after the finish line jump in a, in a pretty weird spot, to be fair. Um, and, you know, hopefully he gets better soon. It sounds like he uh, fractured his hip and potentially pelvis, and that is not fun whatsoever. So heal up soon to Lux Turner. But the Red Cross flags come out, and they come out in, my opinion, the worst jump in the entire sequence. He is down on the backside of the tabletop, which is jump five or whatever you want to call it in that sequence. The Red Cross flag guy walks up to jump four of that sequence on the backside of a blind triple in, and then the other Red Cross flag guy goes on top of the tabletop, so then he's just right next to where Lux is down. And they're on the opposite side of the track, so they're not even directing traffic away from Lux, who is down. And so... As RJ Hampshire and and uh, Volan and all these guys come around in the race lead, they triple in over a blind jump and immediately see a red cross flag. And unprompted, RJ Hampshire to me goes, I thought I was about to lose the race right there. Like, I did not ask him about it at all. He just goes, I look up, I see the red cross flag, and I'm like, I'm about to lose the Anaheim Supercross because I don't know if I can break in time. And if I do, I might crash. But if I don't, then I'm doubling and then I'll lose the race. It was in a terrible position. This red cross flag rule comes up every year because of someone getting penalized because it's in a blind spot or someone getting penalized because it's in a weird location. Sexton at Detroit last year because of the lights flashing on the jump, but it wasn't really sure if Wilson was still up. And then uh, Kitch- or, uh, Voland gets passed by Kitchen and Shimoda because he's rolling after the, the fact. There's, just, there's so much going it's on here, of- right? I don't like these red cross flag rules. What, t- what say you about that whole situation, though? Um, was Saturday your first time at a round of Monster Energy Supercross? No. Why are you surprised? I'm not surprised. I'm upset, though, because I don't... I feel that this is a simple fix. You just rewrite the Red Cross flag rulebook to a sense where if a rider is down in that section, make the whole section a rollable section or something like that. Or, in this case, I had riders tell me I thought they were going to red flag it. Because he was in a bad spot, they were trying to backboard him, and the race was still, you know, a ways from being done. But I don't know; like, it's a safety issue at that point. I will say that I expected to see a red flag. I didn't know how seriously Lux Turner was injured, um, but based on where he was, the fact that they clearly were very hesitant when moving him, he wasn't getting up. I thought that there would be a red flag, and I presume the only reason there wasn't is because there were four minutes left on the clock and they radioed in and said let's just get this thing done yeah 
we've got we can work with this four minute window um so i was surprised there was no red flag but this is i think the biggest gray area in the sport consistently i can't think of another gray area that arises time and time again and we never really get a categoric answer and to be honest with this like kitchen and shimoda with their passes on voland were very similar yeah um shimoda jumped one jump earlier yes so kitchen was greasy but acceptable yeah shimoda in my mind was a clear penalty okay clear penalty Well, because the rule book says clear of the incident so you think him jumping off the jump that lux is down on is not clear and to, and this um, perfectly exemplifies my point. Without some sort of sensor or something, yeah, sensor in the track that judges uh, uh, the speed of the rear wheel, or whatever else, we're never really. How about gonna... a light on the bar? Put a little like glowing light on the bar that's, that flashes red when you're supposed to be rolling. Yeah, that's a lot of sensors and technology. I guess, but they have green lights on these uh, forks now for race leaders that they change at the flip of a switch, it seems like, no problem. Yeah, you know what actually was weird? Sidebar. Um, Your friend Bitch asked (laughs) in the pre-broadcast press conference thing about the leader lights, and they said something, the vibe they gave was that they weren't ready. And okay. then we were at Anaheim 1 and they were clearly ready. Yeah. No. Very confused. They were they were being used in B practices with yes, guys very, in the league. Yeah. Very confused. Yeah. Um, sidebar. Back to the original point. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, Re- it's just rule. a massive gray area. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Like, close the whole section off or, or make it very clear, like, from the beginning of the section until the incident, and then you get a green flag waved at the I end like or the something green flag. like that. Yeah, like, I just like give one green flag in yep. each section a green flag that's a designated, you're clear of the incident, continue but racing flag. You wouldn't trust a regular flagger with the green flag. That would have to be, a, like, the red flag man, a designated person, wouldn't it? Because you wouldn't trust regular flag man to do the green flag. Yeah. So then you need uh, well, this one person but, to be everywhere. But there was two red cross flag people down in, or, or in that section. So you just have one of them have the green flag, I guess. I don't know. I feel yeah, there's enough flaggers around that they, they, could, they could have one in each section yeah, or but, near each section to do it. But it's a, it's a trust issue. And also, if you have a green flag... But they have directors in these guys' ears telling them, hey, this is the jump you should go to to flag. Like, it's literally coordinated that way. If, if I have a green flag and I'm at the top of a jump... Does that mean that you can jump that jump and therefore I would sp- say yes. therefore speed up at the base of that jump? Sure. There you go, another gray area. I guess, so you're telling me that because I've got a green flag, I can speed up before the green flag? Make them roll the whole section. You know what? That's the only way to make yeah, it clear. Make them roll the whole section. I know people will be pissed about that because it takes away racing opportunities, I guess. And we saw two passes, Volan get passed by Kitchen and Shimoda, which... I, I text him afterwards. He probably doesn't want me to say this, but he feels that it cost him a chance at a podium. You and text two. Max, so oh, like I, I think sorry, that, Maximus. No, I, I call him Max. Okay, but rude. He feels that he Again. had a shot at the podium, and that that situation and him trying to to do it the right way and and play it fair and go slow enough and all this stuff like that maybe cost him a shot at, at getting on the box. Okay, Maximus was not getting on the box, but it did push him further back from that. Yeah, it cost him a shot at fourth. It cost him a shot at battling yes. at the very least because he got past greasily two ways basically yes so again i'm just saying i hate that this rule keeps coming up every single year i I really hate that that guy was standing on the fourth jump on the backside of a blind jump because those guys a lot of them almost crashed 
Like Hampshire almost went over the bars from the race lead because he had to slam on the brakes. All of those guys were tripling in and not sure if it was still out because there's no one in the corner before it exemplifying the fact that there's still a red cross flag situation in the section they're about to jump into. I just feel like you need someone on the first jump. Like, I'm, is that that difficult? I'm very know. impressed that you remember how clearly where each person was stood. Because I was watching it all unfold going like, move him two jumps forward. Move him one jump back. Put three, you know, three jumps apart, a red cross flag out. I don't know. Like, to me, that's simple. It, it, watching it from where we were was simple enough for me to figure out. So it should be for them. Okay. Um, when you get banned for the races for being yeah, so disrespectful, who is going to do your job? Mitch. I'm not familiar. <laughs> I'm not going to say that? You, you can't keep me. You, I did not say Bitch Kendra. So oh, him. You, yes. Yeah. No, yes. I didn't say. Okay. You I'm, did. I'm, on, I'm on track now. I know who you're oh, talking yeah, about. You're ridiculous. All right. Um, let's get off of Moto uh, going into our final topic here of episode one of LVK. Almost uh, getting to an hour. So we went a little bit longer. We've than done a terrible job at adhering to the timer. I know. We, we don't timer. stop. We keep going. Earlier. Okay. Done. In draft one earlier. We, were, we, we, we were literally better. cut off sentences we because did. of the timer. Okay, we'll, we'll be better in episode yep. two. Um, final topic here. Uh, this one goes back to you and something that you don't like. Mm-hmm. And it is gift giving and receiving is the worst mm-hmm. thing ever. We're just coming off of Christmas. Yes. You have to explain the logic behind this because I don't really get it. Okay, so gift giving and receiving yep. is the worst experience that a human can possibly go through. Now, I'm aware that you're probably thinking there are many natural disasters, heinous crimes that are worse. Okay. Sadly not. (laughs) Um, Sadly not. No. Gift giving and receiving is the worst experience that a human can possibly go through. And here's why. Now, to paint a picture, if this was Christmas Day and you wanted to buy me a gift, you have to guess what I want. You're not going to get that right because it's a guess. Yeah. So you're going to be wrong to some degree. So then we're sat here on Christmas Day. You've spent 50 bucks Mm -hmm. on a present that you're not sure is correct. So effectively, you're not sure if you wasted your money. You're then going to give that present or gift to me. I then have to open it. Fake enthusiasm because in reality, it's not what I want. Yeah. Put on a fake smile and awkwardly sit here and go, ah, oh my God, oh wow, this is exactly what I wanted. Thank you. You can read that I'm not happy. Yep. You feel bad. Yeah. I feel bad because I'm faking enthusiasm when you've spent money on me. You feel bad. I feel bad. The poor sap that's in the room watching this awkward encounter unfold, he feels bitcherton, feels incredibly awkward. And doesn't want to be there because he can see the look on your face where you yeah. feel uncomfortable. He can see, see that I feel uncomfortable. Everyone's uncomfortable. Yeah. How is that good for anyone? Did this happen to you recently? Like, nope. is this a recent My Christmas- entire life. Your entire life. Honestly, I remember being like nine and dreading getting presents. And to be clear, to be clear, growing up, I was always given, I was like, um, What's the word? I was lucky to always get cool Christmas presents. Okay. Like a BMX, yeah. a motocross bike. And you so were it, dreading these things so the entire time? I also dread the fact that, like, even if it's something I like, how do you want me to react? Does it matter? Yes. Because, Why are you putting because, so much pressure on the reaction? Just because get a gift you spent money you on me, Kellen. So the social contract that we've now entered into 
Thank you for that. You've, by buying me a gift, you have forced me to enter a social contract that I don't want to be a part of. But fucking hell, I'm a part of it anyway because of <laughs> you making me be a part of it. Why are, you, why are you attacking me? I didn't get you a gift this Christmas. But in the hypothetical situation... Okay, yeah, you, you're mad at me. So now I'm like, well, oh, Kellen, oh, fucking hell. Kellen spent a lot of money on me. He's really going to want a reaction out of me. Oh, wow. And then in my head, I'm like, is this, is this good enough for Kellen? Does he demand a better reaction from me? Am I doing enough? Oh, my God. Wow. I hope that I'm doing enough. Uh, I feel like you're putting way too much emphasis on this reaction. Like, this my is entire what? life is like, I, oh, people open gifts and they, like, they either like it or they don't or whatever. And you just move on with your life. I, I have a three-year-old right now. You think she reacts to every gift? It doesn't matter. She is lucky. Because she does not know that she is soon to enter this social chess match that is just a labyrinth of nonsense. Okay. So let's flip it. Giving a gift, yes. which you then will... You, I you hate go, giving. But why? Because you're, you're, you try to go find something for your brother, family member, whatever, that you feel will be good for them, sentimental, whatever nope. it is. And Nothing's good for you them. you don't like giving it to them? I don't enjoy giving. I don't enjoy receiving. Um, wow, that's... <laughs> That's great. <laughs> uh, okay, so the giving portion. Yes. Okay, it's Christmas time. Kellen wants a present. I've got to get Kellen a gift. Oh, fucking hell. Here we go. I know Kellen likes Moto. I know he likes video games. I'll operate in that field, roughly. Here I am. I'm wasting my time trying to deal with this nonsense and understand what Kellen would like, because uh -huh. I can't let Kellen down, because what if Kellen has got me something amazing? I don't know how much money Kellen is spending on me. I've got to have an educated guess. I'm probably going to be wrong. What if I spend too little? That's awkward. What if I spend too much? That's awkward for you. Okay, I'll play it safe. I'll go around the $50 mark, blah, blah, blah. Um, spending my hard-earned cash on this gift... Bloody hell, I don't even think this is good. I doubt he will, but fuck it. I've got to give him a gift. Here we go. <laughs> do, 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 do. Um, here you go, Kellen. Uh, enjoy. Mm, yeah. And again, back to before, I see the reaction on your face and it isn't good. And I'm sat there going, oh my days. I, feel like I have just wasted my money and time on this arsehole who isn't even appreciative of what I've given him. <laughs> okay. And you, know, and you know what? Maybe you fake it. I see that you're faking yeah. it. Yeah, oh, you do. Yep. You, you know so what, that this I is how like I operate. You, you know what? I don't use the word trailblazer lightly, oh. but I hope that I am now going to change the world and no longer do people have to suffer in silence. Mm. I hope that now Christmas Day in India, Russia, Brazil, people will stand up and go, you know, in their language, I listened to this podcast and Lewis told me that it's okay to feel this way. So I'm telling you all, this is nonsense. Mm, okay, yeah. I'm hoping I'm going to be a trailblazer. How so, I operate, because as a true trailblazer, I must give a solution to the problem. Right. If I'm going to buy a gift for someone, again, use you as an example, um, Kellen, Christmas is coming up. I'm buying you a gift. I need you to send me a very specific list with that is has the items on it, links to where to buy the item, your size, Anything that relates to the gift, so I can nail this. Because I don't want to waste my time, I don't want to waste my money, and I want to get you something that you want. Yeah. So send me a list, uh, item one, priority, item two, second in line, blah, 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 blah. That way, I know that I've done the right thing, I know you're going to be stoked, everyone's happy, we've 
successfully navigated the labyrinth of nonsense. We've won Christmas. Well, or you could just take context clues and know me as a person, and you could you okay. could use you could use the code LVK30 and go to evs-sports.com and get me some pr- protective wear. Well, I wish that I got you an EVS helmet back in the day because you've ble- clearly been dropped on your head one too many times. <laughs> but th- does this not make you feel bad in any sense? The fact that you don't know the people you're giving the gifts to well enough to get them gifts that they would enjoy. And then vice versa, they don't know you well enough to get you a gift that okay. you would enjoy. No, because, okay, say I know you very well, and I know that you need a scarf. Okay. I buy you a scarf. I've again got to navigate the style. Do you the... think I'm Anton because I, I like scarves? No, I don't know why scarf came into yeah, my head. Was, was We're red. continuing this. So I don't know why this scarf came into my head, but... I buy you a scarf. I buy you a certain color. I hope I've still got a guesswork with that, yep. but I know you need a scarf. I give you the scarf because I didn't check with you beforehand. You open it and go, "Oh, yeah, yeah I did need a scarf. <laughs> I bought myself one last week because I needed one." That's happened to me a time or two. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, I bought. Yeah, you're right. I did need that. I bought it myself because I needed it. So although you got it right, you still got it wrong, and we've still wasted everyone's time. Yeah. I think I think for you, you need to do white elephant gift exchange. You've never done those, I'm assuming. No. Okay. So white elephant gift exchange is everyone brings a gift, and it might be something that you personally want, but you bring a gift and you pick numbers, and everyone gets to pick their own gift out of a pile, and it's just like random stuff. It doesn't have to be for you or for yeah, anybody. It's it's like there's no social contract. Or, no. Because if you don't like it, you weren't ever meant to receive that gift. So it's funny that you don't like exactly, it. Exactly. Sure. So why don't you do that with your family? Tell your family next year. A white elephant gift exchange only. I mean, it's still a waste of money and time, but it is. A, it does at least save us all the emotional I think it's a good trauma. I'm just trying to avoid mo- emotional mm. trauma. Okay. Well, I think that gift giving and receiving is quite fun. But I also have a family, so it's it's you know here that we, it's all nonsense. Mm, no, I think it's good. And you know what? Even if you're listening to this and saying I'm crazy, deep down you agree. You're just scared to speak out. And you know what? I understand because I was afraid to speak out for the longest time. But I finally decided to speak my truth. And here I am (laughs) speaking my truth. And I feel better for it. Well, we're all happy that you do speak your truth. Thank you. Just like Chase Sexton tells us about his bike. You know what? I didn't want to compare myself to Chase Sexton, but I do look at myself as the Chase Sexton of the media, yes. Okay, fantastic. Well, that's going to do it for us for episode number one of LBK More Than Moto. I went through all of our topics, and look at that. We're just over an hour, so we ended up going a little bit longer in our episode 1.5 edition here. Uh, One final debate before we wrap up. quickly. How do you feel we did? I think it was good. Okay. I feel like you came in much hotter in the second episode, and well, I think I think that's because you're feeling better, right? Yeah. So when we recorded earlier, I, being the true professional that I am, yes, um, I soldiered on, but I had like a splistering headache. Yes. And I soldiered on. I also needed a piss, so I was, there was a lot of things going on. <laughs> <laughs> I was dealing with a lot whilst also trying to deal with Kellen, which is the greatest pain of all. I apologize. Um, so I was really, you know, fighting the good fight. I went home regrouped took a lot of pills i'm high as a kite right now and and i'm back you're back you're ready do you reckon we'll be back next week for episode two i think so i think the people will keep us around but by the way as well anybody listening watching wherever you are uh send us your topics you want us to debate on twitter each week it doesn't necessarily have to be from the races if it is from the race and you really want us to hit on us 
uh, hit if you really want to hit, if you want to hit on us, yeah, also if you want to hit on us as well, um, we'll give you Lewis's number. He's he's a free single man right now. So, um, but yeah, thanks for tuning in. Episode number one of the LVK More Than Moto Show. Of course, big shout out to EVS Sports and Nomura for helping put this show on. Lewis, thank you for joining me. Thank you, fun. Kellen, for having me in your um, gaming dungeon. And we'll be back next week, right? Uh, yes, I'd also like to add. Okay. To your point about people sending in topics. I prefer non-moto topics. Yes. And if someone has a strong opinion similar to me with gift giving, it would be quite fun for them to send it and then we can debate even if we've never thought of it before. We can try and understand this person. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we take like a, a viewer question of the week or something like yeah, if that. They, and if they want to really get in deep, they can send, obviously X has a character limit. Yes. They can send us an email with their long argument to give us context. There you go. Fantastic. All right. That is episode one of LVK More Than Moto. And uh, we'll be back for episode two after San Francisco. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. And we'll see you next week.